How are you now? Welcome to the Letter Kitty Podcast. I'm your host, Arish, and this is episode six. On this episode, I announce our first contest to celebrate the end of season one. Hulu has some big reveals. Letterkenny's Collector's Edition DVD is released. And for the new year, I resolve to get these things out on time. Probably. So get your shirt buttons done up to 11. Let's start the Letterkenny Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. This is the sixth episode of Letterkenny Podcast, and it finishes off the first season of Letterkenny. I've also hit 1,500 all-time downloads for a milestone. Uh, It may not be clear to some of you, but this is a solo podcast. That is, everything that is done is done by myself, for better or worse. Regardless, I still want to do a bit of a celebration for this. As a result, I'm announcing the first Letterkenny Podcast Contest. I'll be giving away, as a grand prize, the Letterkenny DVD Collector's Set, which contains seasons 1 to 5, as well as 3 specials. This will be good for all you U.S. fans that only have Seasons 1 and 2. Oh, this just in. Hulu will be carrying Seasons 3 and 4, December 27th. Well, fuck. That's okay. You still get an additional Season 5 out of the contest, plus the specials. That's still pretty good. What the fuck, man? Okay, uh, Hulu's doing Seasons right up to Season 6 as well. Coming out December 27th. Fuck, you're all caught up. Fucking goddamn fuck. Fuck, fuck. Goddamn it. Fucking fuck. Stupid. Fuck. Goddamn. The fuck is that? Okay, so, um, hmm. I'll, uh, I'll throw in a copy of a magazine called Media Entertainment, which features articles about Letterkenny and has Jared Kiso on the cover. You gonna give those away too, Hulu? Huh? What's next? Case of fucking puppers too? Never thought I'd be cock-blocked by a streaming service. Anyways, I'm still doing the contest, because why the fuck not? I already bought my stuff. It'll be a Twitter contest, open to anyone in the world, but let's face it, most people from Canada and the US will be entering. I know there's a few fans out in the UK. How are you now? You will be required to follow my Twitter account, at LetterKennyPod, uh, retweet uh, the tweet of the announcement, uh, your answer will have to have the hashtag letter LKP contest, and it will feature your favorite court or scene from the first season. That's it. You don't have to worry about being first or repeating scenes or getting the quotes exact. If your tweet qualifies, I will respond with a number. Uh, that will be a random number draw at the end of the contest. Uh, I may not provide you with a number right away because, like I said, this is just me doing it, um, and I have a day job. Uh, and if you don't like the prizes, well, fuck a duck. I'm paying for this out of pocket. You don't hear four minutes of advertising for t-shirts or ready-made dinners, do you? You want me to start a Patreon? No? Well then, these are the prizes and you'll like it. So, first prize, uh, grand prize, will be uh, the Letterkenny uh, DVD set with the entertainment magazine. Second and third prize will each get a copy of the magazine. I do want to thank Corin McDermott for providing the three copies of the magazine uh, Movie Entertainment. Um, Movie Entertainment is a uh, magazine available to Crave subscribers through their cable company, or they can contact uh, directly to subscribe. Uh, They publish a monthly movie and entertainment-based 
uh, related articles and feature as well the complete TV listings for the live Crave movies and HBO channels. Only available in Canada. So, you US guys, if you want to read the article about Letterkenny that's featured in this, you got to win the contest. Well, that's enough of that. Let's get on with the review. Today's episode, A Fuss in the Back Bush. Originally aired February 7th, 2016. Directed by Jacob Tierney. Written by Jared Kiso and Jacob Tierney. The title crawl says, There are 5,000 people in Letterkenny. These are their problems. We open with Wayne and Daryl out in the back bush trying to shoot coyotes that have a tendency to stalk dogs when they're in heat. They're chatting about bumper dumps and stump humps. Somehow Fred Penner gets brought into it. Daryl walks off a bit, and he discovers someone's been growing the electric lettuce on his Wayne's property. Back at the house, Wayne shows Katie pictures of the crop. She says it's good, instead of calling the police, she knows somebody on the reserve who would buy it. It would help with fixing up the produce stand. Derry thinks it'd be better to call the police, but they don't really give a fuck what he thinks. Wayne says make the call. We cut away to Tannis and her two minions, the same two guys from the last episode. Inside the skid house, they're making a deal for uh, reserve smokes. Diamond art, but these are for personal use only. No selling. Just an FYI, reserve darts, they're uh, much cheaper, no tax. They're allowed to produce on the reserve. Mm, they're pretty cheap. So almost instantly, the skids start selling to everyone for a buck a dart. And Tannis finds out just as quick, and she's not happy about it. We cut back to Wayne and Katie and Daryl, and they're making a deal with Katie's friend. Older gentleman says it's a good crop and it's been well maintained. If they'll pull it out of the ground, he'll pick it up. Cash deal, $5,000. Daryl notices the framed picture of his estranged daughter, who he seems smitten with. It's Tannis. The gentleman warns her that she's not one of those people you want to get them on the bad side of. We cut to the inside of the dressing room of the Letterkenny Shamrocks. The boys have just finished their practice, and Jonesy is throwing up, and the others look exhausted. Coach asks them if they started to grow up and play like a team. And good news! Another team has cancelled their ice time, and Coach wants to make use of it. Another hour of pracky. And bring your puke buckets. And Coach heads out, and that's when Riley notices that Schmeltz is high on meth. Riley and Jones, they start discussing, how's that possible? And they put the blame squarely on Stuart. They heard Ginger and Boots used to do that stuff. Look where it got them. Then they realize that most of the people they know or hang out with do meth. Or they hang out with people that do meth. Then it dawns on them. Letterkenny is a meth town. They're going to go see the skids and have a conversation. Elsewhere... The skids Stuart and Devin are lured into a meeting with Tannis, who's not at all happy about them ripping her off. She offers them a compromise, but they refuse. They need to make up the funds that Stuart wasted on the rave you got to see last episode. And they're ready for a tussle. But after Tannis stops laughing at their attempt to fight, she explains it real simple-like. Until Tannis gets paid, she's going to ruin the lives of everyone in Letterkenny. The warning has been given. We're back at the farm, where Katie has lemonade and sandwiches for Wayne, Daryl, and Squirrely Dan. 
Den is so appreciative, he proclaims his feelings for Katie and runs away to avoid a beating from Wayne. He doesn't get too far. We're back with Riley and Jonesy, who are outside the skid house, wearing stockings on their head, ready about to break in. They hate this guy. They'll mess him up. They'll kill him. Well, maybe not they'll kill but they'll mess up this kid. While they're waiting for them to show up, they figure, why don't we trash the math lab? I said math. Meth lab. Then kick their asses. And just about as they break into the house, they realize somebody's already trashed the place. Wonder who'd smash up their place. Who cares, really? They're going to go out and find the skids and tear them apart. It's nighttime now, and Wayne and Katie come running out of the house as the brand new produce stand has been set on fire. Next morning, beside the burned out remains of the produce stand, Wayne and Derry are finishing their deal with the weed. The guy tells them that they're now involved with uh, the beef between the skids and Tannis. Del remarks to Wayne that when Tannis comes back for the money she's owed, she will have a lot more people with her. And Wayne says they will too. But right now, the focus is the skids. We see four of the skids and four of the hockey players, and they're confronting each other. They're about to fight when Tannis, with at least seven others, show up to collect their payment. Hockey players are like, well, we had dibs on the fight. Skids are saying they're, they're never paying back the money. And Tennis explains it fairly clearly. Until the money is paid, Letterkenny will continue to burn. And as they turn to leave, behind Tennis show up Wayne, Derry, Dan, and Joint Boy. And behind them, Ginger in Boots. Tennis is pretty surprised that they'd show up with those two. They fucked an ostrich. No, only the ginger fucked an ostrich. Allegedly. Tannis wonders, if they'd fuck an ostrich, what else have they fucked? It's not worth thinking about. Anyways, Wayne explains the situation and offers up the $5,000. And they don't come back to Letterkenny. And they agree. And as Tannis is about to leave, she turns to Stuart and points out the pathetic life of the skids. And she's relentless. And as Tannis is finishing up, when she turns to leave, she's confronted by Katie. She turns her rack around, and Tannis gets kicked right in the box. Well, we have ourselves a Donnybrook. Mostly, no one wants to fight Ginger or Boots. During the tussle, $5,000 wad of cash is kicked around until it's retrieved by Wayne. He gets Tannis and gives her the money. The fight's over, and all the battered and bruised Letty Kenny guys are in the bar at Modine's. Hicks, hockey players, and the skids, too, having a drink. Wayne comments that it'll be nice to have a bit of peace and quiet around Letterkenny. When in comes some tough guy looking for the toughest guy in Letterkenny. Wayne stands up, walks outside. Wayne takes a single punch and end credits. In the after credit scene, Devitt is practicing Shakespeare monologues. And that's it for this episode. A couple of notes on this. Uh, the opening scene where Wayne comments about the uh, Skeeters, uh, there were actually a lot of mosquitoes out there while they were filming. That scene in the dressing room where the coach kits the garbage can in the dressing room, he actually almost hit the rookie in the head. In the Ferda edition, Tio Horn, who plays Tannis, she's apparently quoted as saying she has an incredibly strong resting bitch face. That scene where the skids are about to start fighting with Tannis, actor uh, Tyler didn't want to get his uh, shirt removed because he was worried that the wig would come off. The scene where the natives, skids, hockey players, and hicks are about to throw down was not pre-choreographed. The stunt coordinator doesn't get additional time to train the extras to fight, so they had to all be done as it was shot. 
This is the scene where Ginger and Boots make their first appearance. They're actually played by two close friends of Jared Kiso. I couldn't find their full names, but in the third edition of the episode, K. Trevor Wilson refers to them as Jordan and Jamie. In fact, the guy who plays his Boots, uh, the guy with the white rimmed glasses, if you're watching it again, uh, co-created the Twitter account Listy Problems with Jared Kiso, which would in turn turn into the YouTube series Letterkenny Problems. That final scene where the big scary dude shows up is played by Jay Burton, but you've already seen him as Tyson. He was part of Joint Boys crew. I guess they figured you wouldn't notice. I, I noticed. I'm sure you did too. And that scene where the produce sand was set on fire, that was the last shot of this season. My favorite dialogue. I like that part where the hockey players are in the dressing room and they're discussing the people they know who are or get messed up and then they realize that Letterkenny is a meth town. How did this happen, bro? We don't know any dusters that do meth and now the fucking rookie. Well, we do know Stuart and Devin and all those skids, but that's it, buddy. You know, I heard the ginger and boots used to do that shit. And look where it got them, Smelt! Buddy, Roisey had a bad stint for a while now that I think about it, buddy. Yeah, but that's because Roisey was hanging out with Toolsy, and that guy's a fucking pigeon. Buddy Parksy, too. I guess Belsey was fucked up for a while. And he got Wellsy into it. Yeah, Belsey and Wellsy were doing it with Carsey and his billet sister. Carsey and his billet sister got Colsey fucked up once. Wait, isn't Colsey still fucked up, bro? Only he's with uh, Kitsy and Bursey, bro. Colsey's always with Kitsy and Bursey. Well, Colsey, Kitsy, and Bursey are always with Carsey and his billet sister, buddy. Who are always with Belsey and Wellsy. Better Kenny is a meth town. We're gonna go see the skids. We're gonna go. We're gonna do it? Do you well, this is do a pretty it? serious topic about Let's a drug problem in their small town. I find the back and forth between these two guys pretty funny. Uh, they're just rattling off names in hockey player fashion with an I-E-Y at the end of everyone's name. And if you watch hockey, there's a lot of talk like this. I can't personally confirm this, but... Uh, you know, being the son of Pakistani immigrants, ice hockey wasn't something my parents understood until my brother and I grew up and we started watching the Maple Leafs. Uh, but a number of friends of mine who have played hockey and, and come up through uh, the ranks and played a bit of uh, junior A and stuff like that, uh, they said this style and manner of talking is really quite typical. My kids right now are pretty young, so they don't really chirp a lot. But, yeah, this is... Uh, this is fairly accurate. I don't know if there's similar sports in other talks. This is pretty hockey-centric. But I know a lot of U.S. players, uh, I know a lot of U.S. listeners like their football, like their basketball. We do too, but uh, I don't know if they talk like this. You know what? Let me know with some feedback. I'll read it here if you do. Overall thoughts on this episode? This is a decent episode. It really wraps up all the elements of the season. Uh, there's fighting, there's hockey players, there's the natives, the skids, and the hicks all being involved in some way. We get to see Coach, Gale, and finally we get the appearance of Ginger and Boots. There's also a callback to the first two episodes where Wayne has to defend being the toughest guy in Letterkenny. And I like the final scene where the major characters have all scrapped it out and they're just enjoying a drink. And that's a wrap for season one. I want to remind you guys about the Twitter contest if you're interested. For your chance to win the Letterkenny Collector's Edition DVD set, which has seasons 1 to 5, plus the specials. Now, if you like what you hear, please subscribe and rate this episode on iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and Stitcher. 
You can reach me on Twitter at LetterkennyPod, Facebook, LetterkennyPod as well, or LetterkennyPodcast.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. To close out the episode, I'm going to play you something a little different as well. Uh, I'm going to play you something again from one of my favorite bands, The Headstones. This is again off their 25th uh, anniversary release of Picture of Health. Take a listen. If you like what you hear, I'll provide you a link to the album. This is their version of the Bob Dylan song, Tweeter and the Monkey Man. Until next time. Tweeter and the Monkey Man were hard up for cash. They stayed up on ice selling cocaine and hash. To an undercover cop who had a sister named Jan. For reasons unexplained, she loved the Monkey Man. Tweeter was a boy scout. How are you now? Good, and you? Deadly. Is that? The ginger. And boots. Those two guys fucked an ostrich. Just the ginger fucked an ostrich. Allegedly. It would take like two people to fuck an ostrich, three even. It was a sick ostrich. Allegedly. You were fucking ruthless bringing a couple of dudes like that here. In his defense. Usually not the type of prick I am. If they fucked an ostrich, what else have they fucked? Just the ginger fucked an ostrich. Allegedly. I ask again, if they fucked an ostrich, what else have they fucked? It's almost not worth thinking about.